Hey, yo, what's going down? This is another episode of Messages of Hope presented by the Recovery Pod. Hey, this one we're going to talk about recovery support systems. All right. We're going to talk about why it's so important to be very intentional and selective with who you decide to get close to in recovery. Because what happens is we get clean, you know what I mean? We meet some people at a meeting, you know, they're cool, like, there's there's a lot of times where you go to wherever, you other clean friends, you go to a meeting, you go to like outpatient rehab, something like that, right? You're all there for a purpose. You're all feeling better about yourself. You've got all the hopes and dreams in the world, all the promises you're making everybody. You you feel it. You feel it because you're untested. You know what I mean? So So you're saying these things and you believe them and they're true, right? So what we do is we get a little too close. You know, we get too close to people. We don't really know how to set boundaries. Therefore, we don't know how to recognize boundary crossings and violations. We, you know, don't really know how to speak up for ourselves sometimes. And we put ourselves into situations that we can't get out of. You know, we try to save people. We try to run and save them. We try to give them the benefit of the doubt because, well, I don't like it when people shun me, so I can't shun anybody else. And it's not about shunning. It is not about shunning. But I need to protect myself in recovery. You know, something I've learned early on. I don't have the luxury to get too close to you. I don't. Especially early on. I don't have the luxury to go getting in a relationship with someone else who's 30 days sober when I'm 30 days sober. My hormones are through the roof. I think you're real pretty. I like what you said at the meeting once or twice. You know what I mean? But I don't have that luxury to get too close because if you start slipping, I might very well start slipping. It's not a hundred percent chance I will. And it's not a zero percent chance I will. You know what I'm saying? And whatever percentage in the middle you feel like that draws for you, is it worth the risk, right? So hear me out. You know, I know a lot of times something I've been hearing a lot is people say they get bored. You know, a lot of people are bored in recovery and I get it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it is such a valuable skill in recovery to learn how to tolerate boredom. You need that boredom in the beginning. You need that space to sit and feel like one to learn tolerance and learn how to be in it without always having to do something about it or taking something to be more comfortable with it. Right. But also it, it gives you space to like start filling up your time. You know, we don't get into recovery, especially after years or decades in addiction and just have hobbies and good friends and shit and things to do. You know what I mean? We don't have the motivation and, you know, we don't, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do, you know? So I need to build that. So boredom can be a, a very tricky thing because that, can push us into getting around the wrong people too fast. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about the wrong people. You know, I mean, if someone's too close, too, too similar to me, maybe they're the wrong person. If someone is not really looking like they're walking the talk, not the, not the right person. If someone is dabbling in other things and I'm trying to be abstinent from all things, not the right person. You know, if someone is explosive or impulsive, not the right person. So the right people to me 
are people who've got some time, who have a good head on their shoulders, who who are actually like saying things that are attractive to me in meetings. People who I can discern are living by these types of principles. You know, people who also are surrounding themselves by the right people. You know, and it's hard too because I'll be honest, like for me, it's not like I was really hanging out with a lot of these people. I'm kind of a homebody. You know what I mean? Like I I can appreciate solitude, not isolation, but I can appreciate time to myself. You know, so I I don't have that impulse to seek connection at a, at a high level. You know, I don't, I can't, I can, I can tolerate just being at the house for a while. That's what I'm trying to say, but some people can't. So you guys, those of you who can't, who are really social butterflies and just really need that human interaction, it's going to be a little more difficult for you. You might feel yourself more compelled to lower the bar of who you decide to hang out with in recovery. You know, you might, you know, on a Friday night, choose to go to a party or a bar because you'll be around old friends because being alone feels worse for you. But then you're putting your recovery at risk. So, you, I mean, you can make that choice, but you at least need to know that. Or you might go hanging out with that newcomer or that person who's got a shaky recovery because for the same reasons, because you also don't want to be alone or you want a friend or whatever. And that is also a choice you can make. You know, and I feel like if you have your priorities in order, which a lot of us don't in early recovery, but I feel like if you have your priorities in order and you are willing to, you know, always put certain things first, you can be friends with some people because, you know, I I don't mean to say this in a way where it's like we shun them. Right. So like, I just, I I feel like I'm going to have to keep reiterating that. This doesn't mean we don't exchange numbers with them, hang out with them at the meeting, you know, support them in their times of need, maybe pick them up and give them a ride when you have another uh, quality sober support person with you. Don't pick them up by yourself. Um, Don't go saving people by yourself ever. Uh, That'll be the next one. Um, So we can do these things, right? But I'm talking about like chilling, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about befriending, dating, like things like that. I don't want you in my house. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I met some cool people, right? In the meetings, we we became Facebook friends. We talked before and after the meeting. We checked in on each other. I sent them texts and shit. No, you are not coming to my house. No, we're not just killing time on a Friday night. No, we are not. You're not staying on my couch. No, 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 no. No. I'm, I'm, I'll admit, I might be a little rigid. You know, but at the same time, I don't have the luxury not to be. That's where I'm going to say. I don't have the luxury not to be. One, because I might relapse. Two, because, you know, I'm trying to work on boundaries and, and be okay with saying no. You know, three, four, five, six, whatever. You know, there's reasons. And, and, and these are just talking points to consider. You know, I'm not trying to tell nobody how to be. I'm not trying to tell you what needs to be true for you. This is just what's true for me. You know, and these are the things that I've thought about, the the things I've run into. So anyway, going back to positive supports, man, I need people who are living, breathing recovery. I need people who are attending meetings. That's for me, because I attend meetings. I need people who, when I go to them about a problem, they don't feed me bullshit. They don't co-sign my shit. They don't run their mouth and talk shit about the people that I'm trying, that I'm having issues with. 
I need someone who can, you know, hear me out, be compassionate, check me on myself sometimes, um, things like that, man. I need, I need somebody who's actually supportive. I don't just need a buddy. You know, I got recovery buddies. That's cool. But I need a support system. I need people who can think the right way when I can't. Because I can't always think the right way. I really can't. You know? Um, dating's a whole nother one. You know, and I'm going to lump it in with this one only because that's that's what we hang out with too. You know, I mean, there's times where, I don't know, like, my girlfriend's my recovery buddy, my support, especially when they're in recovery. Like, that's a cool thing. You know, like, I know a couple of my buddies, their girlfriends are in recovery. It's fucking awesome because then I don't, one, I don't have to be exposed to anything. And two, you know what I mean? For the most part, I can, I got a support there with me. They can't be my only support. But I think, too, when you're thinking about dating, like, that person has to have quality recovery as well. You know, there's just too many times I've seen someone try to get with someone and be like, yeah, they're sober. And, you know, then they both start focusing on each other and just kind of crash and burn. But, you know, and then we got to start thinking about more who's not a a recovery support. And and I'm going to stay away because I've already talked about some of the... uh, dangers that we meet with people in the rooms, right, or in recovery. But sometimes we need to learn also that the people in our life already may not be great recovery supports. You know what I mean? Sometimes with family. Sometimes with family, there's like a dynamic there at play. Like we've already got codependencies and bonds and and like really warped relationships within that. You know, when when I use a family member as a support, they got motives. You know what I'm saying? They have wants. They have history. They have biases. You know what I mean? Same with friends. Sometimes friends, like, you got a yes man friend, he ain't really gonna keep it real with you. You know, you got, you know, a good time buddy who, who's not an addict, he may be like, yeah, man, you know, I mean, it's not the worst thought in the world thinking you have a beer or something. You know what I mean? So you got things like that. Um, but you, anytime someone has a motive, and this is, this is especially true for partners because partners 100% have fucking motives for you. 100%. They have a want for you. So a lot of times your response is going to be biased. You know, their response is going to be biased towards what they want for you. And I'm, I'm aware that I do it too. You know what I mean? Like, so we need to learn who is a recovery support and who's not a recovery support. They could still be a support in some form, and it doesn't need to be all or nothing, you know, but whether it's a support as far as like, you know, going to for guidance or sharing your stuff with, with someone who hopefully will give you empathy and understanding, um, or it's a, one of the supports like, this is who I spend my time with. This is who I find connection with. This is who I, you know, spends a a pretty decent amount of time around. Family's a huge one because we have that deep core belief that that's who we have to be around. Even our old buddies. That's who I have to be around. Those are my friends. No, you don't have to be around anybody. 
I'm going to take it another step further. You don't even have to be around your kids. If your kids are older and they're getting into shit, maybe they're starting their addictions or they're just, I don't know, toxic, right? Or just whatever. The dynamic makes you unsettled, uneasy. You're working on it. You're trying to work through it. And for the life of you, they're making you want to use. You don't have to be around them. You don't. And I know some of you are going to be like, oh, this is bullshit. Because that's that. A lot of people have a really, really deep, deep, cemented, concrete, unbreakable family bond. And I get it. I get it. You know, some people may have lost family, so they're holding on tight. Some people just grew up indoctrinated that family is everything above all things at all times, no matter what. I get it. I'm not here to challenge. I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. However, if, if this concrete, right, bond that is unbreakable, 100% indisputable is causing you pain, relapse, lack of serenity, I would challenge you to challenge it, okay? Because love shouldn't hurt like that. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Boundaries are extremely important in recovery. Seriously, like we have to make changes. We have to do something different. You know, so I I hope something, you know, here was worth hearing for you today. Um, You know, these types of things are just, there's so many aspects of recovery. I could go on for days. And I will. I will see you next time. (laughs)